Welcome to episode four of Delay of Game. Uh, with me tonight is, uh, I wouldn't say a skeleton crew, but uh, Jacob is not uh, here this evening. He's out of town for a work thing. Um, but with me is uh, Matt and uh, and Will. Hey. How you doing? Yeah, poor Jacob's stuck in Baton Rouge, yeah. better known as the Metairie of the North with all its lack of culture. <laughs> So I hope you enjoy Pluckers while you're up there and the other <laughs> fine things the city has to offer. Get you some pickles, buddy. He'll be back with us next week. But yeah. speaking of Baton Rouge, let's go ahead and hop in right off the bat into LSU. Real quick, I just realized I've done this every single episode. I once again forgot to introduce myself. I'm Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> this has happened every single week. Usually Jacob reminds me and he's not here, so I had to remember myself. You don't want to keep that like faceless, nameless order uh, or what what's the guy who speaks narrator? Like yeah. uh what's his name? Stern in the Wonder Years, right? <laughs> yes, yes. You could have had that yeah. vibe. Or Bob you... Saget and uh How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, you totally could have ruined it by now. I know. Uh. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Jumping back with the LSU, what a hell of a game. Right? Uh, so it was. I enjoyed it. Anybody who didn't catch it, uh, LSU sneaked back into the rankings at 24. And just like they did 50, 60 years ago with the Billy Cannon game, it was a tight victory over Ole Miss. Ole Miss was ranked third in the nation and had serious prospects of getting a national title at that point. So the game was ended 10-7. Um, that usual Ole Miss-LSU game, past few years we've been students – it's been left, right, left, right. Uh, went down. You know, you thought um, LSU stopped them and the first time under three minutes, I think a little bit over uh, a buck and some change, maybe 151. And, of course, LSU could have just run out the clock, but they didn't. They yeah. they have a problem with getting that offense going from time to time, and Ole Miss came back down, ended on a what would have been an interception, yeah. turned into a penalty, and then – Finally was an interception again, only by the sheer fact that their kicker is like 19 and with pimples going through puberty, (laughs) and they didn't want him shanking a 46-yarder. But the data was really out there. Um, Bo Wallace, Heisman candidate and Ole Miss quarterback, was 14-33 for 176 yards, one TD, one interception. We are seeing the maturation of Anthony Jennings. He was 8-16 for for 142, one TD, and two interceptions. But again... This is a young team. LSU put up a good effort. They are seven and two currently. Ole Miss is seven and one. The young team though has stumbled throughout the season. That's why we saw the loss to Mississippi State. The big thing that stands out on the chalkboard is LSU, while they had four or six total yards to Ole Miss's three thirteen and highlighting that two sixty four rushing. Mm-hmm. By the way, Leonard Fournette still runs like a beast. Only person I've ever seen at the college age other than Jerome Bettis who literally hits the line and the line moves. But there's that asterisk on the scoreboard. LSU had four turnovers to Ole Miss's one. And it makes me hopeful for the rest of the season, but I feel like they're not going to get any further. It's This is our tough year, but that being said, I'm kind of cool with it being our yeah. tough year. What do you think? It's, it's a good setup for, like, next year. Uh, I know uh, a lot of reports were just kind of, like, talking, like, it, it's a shame that it's already, like, so late into the season. So, like, there's, there's not much to be expected out of this, but it's nice to see kind of, like, a very young team kind of, like, everything snapping together and going with it. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was uh, – like, I came in at halftime. I was busy doing other things, and I went and met Jacob over at Evangeline to go finish watching the game. And, uh, which, by the way, watching a, a, a very close LSU game with Jacob – is one of the most entertaining things in the world. Like, he was just getting so apeshit crazy about everything. Yeah, the funny thing about that, yeah, you can probably hear from our accents. We're all native New Orleanians, and we have yaddy accents. <laughs> Jacob will get hammered during a game and say something fucking hilarious, but it bleeds out in this deep Gentilly accent that sounds like something your parents would say, <laughs> and he gets animated is the yeah. nicest way to put it. I do... Uh, well, he's also a living embodiment of Homer Simpson, too. <laughs> yeah. See, Jacob's not here. Now we're just like, Jacob's fucking crazy, Homer Simpson. We could just channel Jacob. Just go, wah, wah, wah. But actually, it was a wild game. So wild, in fact, that it was reported and confirmed, by the way, that a fan from Gretna, aged 59, died in the south end zone oh, did hear at the end of the game of natural causes, which... <laughs> 
apparently is a fancy way of saying you're fat and you smoke cigarettes so you had a heart attack. I didn't realize a heart attack is natural causes. I thought that was just heart LSU, attack. LSU straight up killed some, and they like gave him a real heart attack. They killed a man. Yes, yeah, I'm not. We're not laughing that a guy died. It's just it's a funny thing because that's. Like, people will say that all the time. Like, oh, the Saints gave me a heart attack this weekend. Or LSU gave me a heart attack. Uh, but this guy actually did and unfortunately did not recover from it. I just it, want so. to go to that funeral, though. you got to imagine, like, the whole family's like, he died doing what he loved. LSU football. That's literally what they said in the paper. And, and Im- I immediately thought it was going to be some chuckle fuck, like Big Lee on Bonneville. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Big Lee is my favorite thing about Bonneville Boulevard and Metairie. If you've had the opportunity to go out to the suburbs of New Orleans Mm -hmm. and see all their fans, most of which, by the way, and this is the one thing that I know irritates non-LSU people, did not go to LSU. I'd be willing to bet my bottom dollar. Big Lee went to a semester, drank himself out, finished (laughs) at UNO, like, you know, most people did back then. (laughs) But his house is decorated in all sorts of purple and gold shit. He's got a big old jacked up truck, purple and gold lawn gnomes. Uh, Like the stone stone, uh, tigers, like, on either side of the entry to his house. He's got an LSU Power Wheels in the front. Dude, his big truck is like friggin monster truck pickup truck. He does he has a towing service and actually he was one of the lead units at a uh uh Metairie Mardi Gras parade a couple years back and I was there cuz whatever and uh and the, he's driving by and he's like on his uh what do you call that? Not intercom, his uh, uh CB radio. Yeah, but it, you know, PA system. Oh yeah. It's PA system on his truck and he's just saying stuff. And then he's like, he starts motioning all these, uh, he motions to like every like barely legal, and I'm saying barely legal because I don't want to say that, you know, I don't want to accuse anybody of anything, but we'll say barely legal uh, young girls, uh, (laughs) motioning to them to come up to the cab of his truck, and he would talk to them, and then get them to say like, go LSU, happy Mardi Gras, into his PA system. And, like, he kept trying to talk to him when this one girl was just, like, at not having anything of it. And, like, he gave her some beads and then she just walked away. But that's all the dads during Mardi Gras, though. Yeah. Like, that's, like, it Dad is. Rock Central. Is. is the, like, when the, like, the dance teams come by and their right. hands are going up, like, whatever, like, Silk the Shocker dance crews coming by. <laughs> With and the it's just every dad rock. She started a No Limit reference from, like, 1998. Yeah. Man, I, you know, I, I thought you were, when you were talking about the dad rock, like, being there... I thought you were going to go into the whole old man pervert thing at LSU because I went up to the game a few weeks ago and I might we might actually be talking about doing a game cast from the Bama tailgate and or we might go up there as a crew so stay tuned for that but um you know you just get back on campus and no matter how old these dudes are they're looking at the the talent so to speak and I <laughs> I got to be honest whether it's a good year in football for the SEC LSU always does well in certain aspects even to this day. But let me go ahead and give you the rest of the uh, outlook for the college ranks. Uh, our boy John Frost would be happy. His Arizona State, uh, what are they again? Demons? Sun Devils. Sun Devils. That's what it was. My cousin they, goes there too. Their 14th ranked uh, team beat Washington 24-10. We had uh, Oregon. Had an interesting start to the game. I, didn't, I saw most of the first quarter. Uh, and uh, the first... I think 10, maybe 13 points of the game was uh, all ASU. Uh, really? So that was, yeah, they kind of set the tone for the whole game right away at the beginning. I was kind of blinded by those tacky gold helmets that Washington Oh, I know, had. right? They're like reflective, like... It was bad yeah. enough when Notre Dame did it, but yeah. like, do you really need to get your shine on on the field? Like, maybe, maybe you do yeah. like the pros do, and you just wear a nice muted uniform, and then you get your shine on in the after room locker what room. Is, what is know? Washington's uh, mascot? That is the Huskies. The Huskies. Okay, because I was wondering if it was like some sort of like Crusader related thing. And you're like, well, those helmets were shiny and reflective. They're trying to evoke that. No, it's no. just they want a gaudy, obnoxious, <laughs> reflective helmet. Have, have you never seen Balto? Like Balto had a shiny helmet on the entire movie. It's a wonderful movie for kids. Well, and that's we have the dog that wears shiny helmet. Apparently, that's that's also the thing around the league, man. Uh, between Nike and Oregon having that kind of yeah. shit. Uh, Bill Burr was talking about it. You got kids now who are coming out at eighteen who are all flashy from high school and what have you. And, and they're picking schools based on their alternate uniforms. And i got to be honest, as a, as a football fan, 
half of this shit is ass ugly. Like yeah. we don't really need it. You don't need bling on the field. Right. We're let's just thank God we're not like miserable European sports and we're selling advertising on our players yet. I've heard rumors about that for basketball. Basketball can be man. It, it's it wants to get the market share that football has. Yes. And it, it it is a profitable. In some thing. markets, it's it is bigger than football. But I mean, in like very very rare, very like yeah. Oklahoma wins the right. football yeah. team. But like here, uh, no, it's, it's never I mean, gonna happen. I think the Pelicans stand a chance to, especially if this season is their breakout season as the Pelicans, uh, which a lot of people seem, a lot of the experts seem to think. Uh, as a casual fan, I can't say one way or the other. But uh, it was, you know. I, if they do, I think it'd be. I think the t- city could support two major teams for the long haul, uh, and and have the passion. But I, I just don't see anything that's not the Saints having the same passion behind from the whole community the way that the Saints do. Oh no, it's the American South. Yeah. I mean, football is beyond just yeah. a sport; it's a way of life. Yeah, You're, I mean. Like oh. that crazy girl who was pissed about LSU beating. Oh the, yeah, yeah. The Thanks video. for bringing it back around. I was watching that. My uncle retweeted it, and I followed it. Uh, I couldn't believe that. It was. It, it's actually real. I've uh, I've dated various <laughs> Southern women, and they really get emotional and into their football. She had and it I, trashed or something. Well, she of course, man. That was the whole. thing. No one throws milk to, when they're sober. You have to realize <laughs> she was probably hammered so and drunk. Yes. And it's one of those things, like, I have good friends that go to all the SEC schools, and there's just certain teams I don't want to lose to. I'm <laughs> kind of okay with Auburn because when I was there, they weren't doing that well. And I'm okay with, like, maybe losing to a Tennessee or Florida because I actually like Florida. Sure. But there are a handful that I really fucking hate. And, like, Georgia's one of them because my family's tied to Georgia. And we only play them once every two or three years, and I have to hear my fucking family be like, how about them dogs? And I know you have the same problem, Will, when yeah. you have family out there. Um, Bama, only because there is nothing else going on in that fucking state economically. Literally the entirety of the state of Alabama, since there's no more steel, revolves around, uh, you know, the Alabama-Auburn game. I'm, I'm sh- this is We're butchering this. This is much more better uh, discussed and evaluated in the uh, in the documentary, the ESPN Thirty for Thirty documentary, uh, Roll Tide War Eagle, where they talk about how they amp up for it, and really Ole Miss. And the issue I have with Ole Miss was I I fucked around with a wonderful, beautiful girl from Ole Miss. Like you go out there and they tailgate, and they have chandeliers and fucking tents, and those girls. <laughs> I'm not fucking around. You ever been out to the Grove? No. Yeah. It's yeah. They they it, that is that is there is just that kind of. I know that if we lose, I'm gonna have to eat shit and hear from this girl <laughs> for a fucking year, and you can't shake it, you know. Plus. It's like losing to the village idiot, you know. Back <laughs> back in my day, oh, Ole Miss only, I think I graduated in 04. You guys were 03 from high school. At that 02. point, if you had like a, oh, yeah, I yeah. you're an old man. I'm the old man of the uh, delay of game team. I, uh, you know, like I think when, we, when I, even when I graduated, if you had a 3-0 at Ole Miss, you didn't have to take a standardized test, which blows my fucking hmm. mind. That and they had the only uh, legal re- weed research field on the campus, completely underwritten by Philip Morris, which shows you what the priorities are yeah. at Ole Miss for education. But bringing it back to scores, um, we had another shootout in the Pac-12 with Oregon at 6, 59 over Cal 41. They combined for 100 points there. No defense in the Pac-12. We're probably not gonna. That's not gonna change anytime soon. Speaking of which, there was a little bit of a thriller with um, UCLA at 25-40 over Colorado with 37, but it did go down in double overtime. I did not get to see the end of it, but uh, I'm sure it was interesting to say the least. Other scores I noticed. Uh, Michigan lost the rivalry game to Michigan State. Michigan State's ranked eighth. They've they put up thirty five on Michigan, who had eleven. Uh, Mississippi yeah. State had forty five. They are still ranked first against Kentucky, which finished with thirty one. That is a dishonest score. It was really tit for tat the entire time. The last seven on the Mississippi State team is probably pissing points, you know. Yeah. It was it was neck and neck. We uh, I thought they were going to tumble for a minute and I, you know, I was trying to pay attention the best I can, but I was bartending. 
Bama won by 14, 34, 10. Uh, I mean, 34-20 over 10, a C, and they're <laughs> ranked number four. Uh, I'm, I'm still a little annoyed that we have this perpetual opponent every year that we're keeping in the SEC. Like, LSU has Florida. And right now, while Will Muschamp's about to get fired and Florida's fumbling, it's cool for LSU. It was still a tight game. But ten- Alabama votes for this every year because Tennessee's a fucking pushover. Tennessee hasn't been relevant since that uh, young guy, the year after Peyton Manning left, won the national title with him. I think that was 98, 99, somewhere in there. So, yeah, Bama's all in favor because they get a – it would be like if we played Vanderbilt every year. Like, yeah. Vanderbilt's Tulane of the SEC, even though Tulane used to be in the SEC. It's just a pushover. It's nerdy kids in a big city, and they're not playing real football. But uh, other scores that were interesting, South Carolina hung in there with Auburn. Auburn only got away by a touchdown, 42-35. Auburn still ranked fifth, which is, by the way, you should be paying attention. Tomorrow night, we're recording on a Monday, is the first, that Tuesday evening is the first power ranking. So you're going to know what the board of 12 or what have you God, if they don't make it sound like some sort of British, <laughs> British High Commons Lords thing. It's the Fellowship of the Rings. Right? right. <laughs> yeah. So the, the Ministry fel- of, of Rankings. Yeah. So the 12, the 12 Apostles tomorrow night get together and decide <laughs> who are the top four most likely to secede Jesus. And we'll know what the playoff schedule is looking like. Um, Ohio State's slipping a little bit. I thought they would be a little bit better with Urban Meyer up in, uh, what is that, Columbus? But they only barely escaped uh, right after overtime, 31-24 over Penn State, pedophile you. Kansas State at 11 blanked out my other home, the University of Texas, 0, 23-0. K-State is 11th, and there's a good shot they'll be playing for the a share of the Big 12 title. And finally, in just freakishly annoying scores. I think I know where you're going with this one. Oh, yeah. TCU yep. at 10 put 82 on Texas Tech. Now, this is Texas Tech rebounding after uh, what's-his-face Leach, who went to law school and then, like, coaching grad school, bounced to Washington State because apparently he stuffed some kid in a closet and the kid fainted back in the day at Texas Tech. <laughs> Texas Tech has looked okay since. They've got Cliff Kingsbury, which is their big former quarterback, head coaching, but... 82 fucking yeah, points. To 27. I mean, that's a huge spread right there. But I, even the spread of, uh, you know, aside, like, putting up 82 points in a football game is worked. just, it's absurd. Okay, yeah, you know how they have, you ever heard the term fuck you money? Mm-hmm. Which, for viewer, uh, viewers, <laughs> listeners out there, it's, it's when you're rich enough to where you can do whatever you want and just mm-hmm. tell people to fuck you. This is what I call fuck you points. Mm-hmm. TCU basically was like, we want to be in the big hunt, so we're going to hang as much of them on pot as possible. The only other time I've ever seen this is, if you actually pay attention, you'll notice sometimes teams mysteriously barely beat the other team by the Vegas bookings. Yeah. I'm not saying any of these coaches are betting, but it wouldn't surprise me if they had friends who were like, hey man, I need three more points on my spread. I mean, there's no point. There's no sportsmanship. There's no point to ringing up 82 points, no. especially on a non-ranked opponent. Well, you know, and I don't, I don't, I didn't see it, so I don't know if they were. Really yeah, I didn't that see the game. Great. I just saw the uh, I don't, crawl on the screen, but I'd be like you and I playing like football with a six-year-old. Yeah, right. Like, there's a point at which you have some sportsmanship, and um, I, I, I don't know if this really was, hey, buddy, fuck you points or gambling well, points or whatnot, but it, it. I don't believe I didn't again I didn't see it. I don't believe that their third string is deep enough yeah. to where they're just running over. There was um I think it was right at, I think actually I think it's right up on two years ago. Uh Saints put up sixty two to the Colts uh seven. Uh, like in 2012, 2011, something like it that. It had to be that yeah. season where Peyton Manning was out, right? Yeah, it was, yeah. yeah. And uh he that was, you know, yeah, sure, Peyton Manning was out. But that still doesn't account for their shitty defense. Uh, it was just... But that's one of those things where it's like... I remember watching that game, and I don't know what the box score was, but I'm going to say around, like, you know, around, like, thir- the third quarter, you're basically like, all right, you're just putting points on the board now. 
I mean, I'm not saying you should, like, give up and let the other team start scoring some points, but it's like, all right, pull in your third stringers. You know, I think we kept Drew Brees in, like, at least into the fourth quarter. I could be completely wrong, but it sounds like I vaguely remember that, and uh, that's just almost kind of like, yeah, we're just going to start putting points on the board. Was that the uh, year Peyton Manning was out, though? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it was, yeah. Which yeah. explains their a low score. Right yeah. before, but it doesn't explain why their there. defense was so shitty at stopping the Saints from hitting 62, though. Yeah, it was right when he was taking the time off to go to Germany to have uh, fetuses or whatever stuck in his neck, because that surgery <laughs> is legal over there. Mysteriously comes back with a brand new neck, right? <laughs> I'll right. get you, Hackman! Yeah, I mean, I was uh, <laughs> listening to... Um, I think uh, Rogan and a few other people were talking about this technology in California where they'll take your blood out if you have an injury, mm-hmm. spin in a centrifuge and heat it, and then they'll take the serum from it, like the yellow serum that makes antibodies, and stick, like, re-inject it in your body at the injury site. That kind of shit was developed in Germany. Right. And then eventually comes to California where they're a little bit looser with shit. But uh, pretty much, nobody really will acknowledge it. When you fly as a super athlete to Germany... You're getting stem cells. <laughs> well, Nobody wants to talk about this because, you know, let's be honest, the Germans don't really give a right. fuck. But it, you you are doing something highly debatable that we can never do in America. Yeah. And, I mean, look at it. Like, people thought he was wrecked. People wrote him off like Drew Brees. Right. And he basically rolled into Denver and he is running, running the game. Yeah. Well, they do. Uh, there's a lot of research lately in the past couple of years with stem cells, where it's not just coming from like you know broke like cracking babies in half. It's uh, they're pulling it from uh, baby eggs. Yeah, they're pulling it from fat cells actually right now. There's a lot of stuff with uh, breast augmentation and reconstruction surgery. There's a lot of wait, wait. You're saying my fat can make somebody's tits bigger? Your fat can make your own tits bigger. Uh, I don't want bigger. They're, tits. they're putting it back into you. It's like a double whammy. You're getting liposuction. And breast augmentation. Uh, there's a lot of research with it. Um, Wired ran a great article about three years ago on it. Um, a lot of research being done in Japan where, you know, like crazy fucked up movies are filmed normally. Like Hostel 7 or something. Uh, you want to do pro scores next? Yeah, let's talk about the pros. All right, Saints game, what everybody Saints think. Game. Fucking, uh, it was a great game, man. Like, I would <clears> say... Um, I wouldn't say 100% like the best performance by the Saints would say in the last four or five years, but I would say easily in the last two to three seasons, one of their best performances. Just from, you know, anecdotally out of the top of my head, uh, it, the, the defense showed up, uh, the offense definitely showed up. Um, there's definitely some holes, and they still got some work to do. I was impressed. You know, I was a little nervous with uh, Kyrie Robinson and uh, Pierre Thomas uh, being out, um, but Mark Ingram, man, probably. I think Jacob said best game of his career. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if that's accurate. His, his running uh, yard average was around fifty yards, and that one like was well over a hundred. So like he yeah. doubled his. That's. Game incredible. average. I mean, and he looked good too. It wasn't just like he was getting. He was he was finding the holes and running. He was he he looked good. It was probably the best I've seen Mark Ingram. I mean, granted, yeah, the stats back it up, but just from watching. Correct me if I'm wrong, but this is a contract year, right? He's up mm, for negotiations. It might be. I don't know, but he he kind of gives me the vibe of one of these dudes that like they want to play ball, right? Sure. But they. They never get that into it, a.k.a. like maybe an Albert Hainsworth is a good example. I'm struggling to think of another one offhand, but again, we've we've had, we've had been tippling a little. Yeah. Um, it, it looks like Ingram's really putting forth the effort because yeah. he's up for negotiation. I'm going to go ahead and go off the riff I said last week with Jimmy Graham. Fuck Mark Ingram. Not just because he went to Alabama. Uh, let's see what he does for the rest of the season. Yeah. Sign him for about half to a third of what he's making right now, and he should be grateful he's on a team because the he's, injuries, yeah. the piss-poor performance. He's just, yeah, it yeah. always feels like he just doesn't really – it's like he knows what he's supposed to be doing but just doesn't pull it off. Yeah. Malays. I think, yeah, yeah I think he just – this is what I'm gonna do. This is what I do with my life. But yeah. I don't. I don't care. And you know, it's really frustrating as a fan. One to have my local team in Louisiana draft a fucking Alabama Crimson <laughs> Tide member. But not only that, to watch this guy sit here and make menial production time and time yeah. again, and then all of a sudden you can see him every once in a while rip off something big, yeah. and he just looks phenomenal. But dude, like, come on. 
Like, we're not that dumb. Be a grown-ass man. Carry the fucking ball. If not, get out of the way. We've proven that we can we can draft young guys. We can draft guys from all yep. over and turn them into the position we need. We don't need another high-priced whore on the team. Well, he plays like a 14-year-old girl. Like, you're just like, I'm not feeling it today. Like, uh, this was a Mark Ingram we haven't seen in a while. They calling him hormonal? Yeah. That's kind of sexist. It is a little bit. How's your girlfriend feel about that? <laughs> we'll ask her. <laughs> Has she listened to the podcast yet? <laughs> Probably not. Oh, I think we're up to like maybe a 10, 10 grand listeners. Yeah. But uh, no, so I think uh, well, uh, of note also from the Saints game, uh, Kenny Stills had some really nice catches. Uh, actually held on to the ball. Uh, he had there was a few times like in traffic, kind of spilled over and managed to just hold it in there. Was it was it Stills the he, one who asked the ball like went no, up in the air? And he I think it. that was Brandon Cooks. Yeah, it was about Cooks. That crazy tip yeah, up where that's right. Like Cooks landed. had a good game too. Yeah, they were all looking pretty pretty good. Uh, Cooks also had a end end over run around, and uh, I, we poured the points on. But it continues to highlight the issue that the Saints are having, which is they know when to pull the throttle at home, but they just can't execute on the road, and yeah. that is. You know, you don't have the Super Bowl at your house. You right. don't necessarily get to play every playoff game at home unless you make an incredible run, which includes winning probably about half your road games. And the, until they've, the team addresses this... They've lost gonna, every road game and have won every home game this season. That's, and, that's and telling. That's going to be 8-8. Eight and eight, You know, mm-hmm. it's split in that kind of way. The NFL wants this kind of parity, and I don't know... If it's something getting in our heads or it's sloppy execution, either way, we got to get it on it. Yeah. Well, this is their 14th straight home victory. Which is, I mean, that's great. I love that. I love that you pretty much know if the Saints are walking to the Superdome, their odds of winning are significantly greater. Which is always nice to see. Interestingly enough, though, uh, there was no punts. Yeah, no punts. Uh, third game in NFL history. And the second this season. Yeah, and the first one was a Green Bay game. Yeah. I saw I thought, well, I the second one of all time. Yeah, like, I, I didn't realize that until Jacob had, like, reshared um, Thomas Morissette's Facebook post about it. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, nobody went three and out. It was really impressive. Can I say, though, for the record, that uh, that first interception, mm-hmm. definitely called that, like, when, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, Rodgers... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, he, with oh, his Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers with his hamstring. Um, like it's like you. It, obviously, as the game wore more down, like right. you can you can honestly tell because he kept he kept just yeah he wasn't staying in the pocket. They kept setting him up so he wouldn't get tackled and like kind of like mm-hmm. save any injury that he had, but like just kept like slipping up every time. Definitely called that damn interception because I literally, which I'm in the restaurant. I'm looking at my buddy. I'm like. He's going to slip up, watch, you know, a couple of plays. He's just going to throw slightly too high, and sure enough, yep. interception. Well, speaking of interceptions, Drew Brees did not throw one. I oh. think this might be the first game ah. of the season, uh, which is pretty awesome. I also was super excited. Uh, Drew Brees didn't do that stupid bullshit where he tries to avoid the sack by just throwing the ball away. So that way he still gets sacked, but it doesn't count as a sack on his stats. Yeah. And that's bullshit. I'm tired because every time he does that, that's when all those interceptions happen. And that's when uh, the ball just goes, we get penalties called. And <coughs> I think if you notice, he didn't do that throw the ball away. He took the sack and not one interception. I mean, that's. I'd like to go ahead and issue an apology to the city for what I'm about to say. Take this <laughs> with a grain of salt. I love Drew Brees. Drew Brees should be the mayor of the city. I think he's the only person who can Size get past, head. yeah, get past <laughs> all the segregation and bring all the different communities as wild and weird as New Orleans are, is together. Like Jesus, kind of like Jesus, <laughs> but more like Mitch Landrew. That being said. Drew, I think, has hit the end of the career. There, I, yeah, he's... There, it's to- it's going to be a blown shoulder. At this point, I think it's incumbent upon him to actually not do what Brett Favre does and not do what Michael Jordan does. Mm-hmm. Look, dude, you're loved by the city. Yep. Retire with grace. Yep. I'm not saying get rid of him now. No. Let's keep him for two more years. How we'll, much time we'll, has he got on his contract? He wanted. He had, like I think, five, but he wanted to go a little bit longer than yeah. that. The truth is, is that unless he goes and gets some dead babies stuffed into his shoulder in Germany, 
He doesn't have the time, but he should be looking at working with the franchise to bring in a young quarterback, yeah. somebody like Chase Daniel, which we drafted I, way too young. Yeah, I like Chase. Because Exactly. Yeah. You need somebody who's a smart quarterback like that who can learn under Drew mm-hmm. and then transition Drew to like a coaching gig or right. let him become like a mayor. Oh, he'd be or a great like offensive coordinator. Yeah, exactly. Or a head coach. Yeah. But let's set him up and get him on that wavelength to keep him permanently in New Orleanian. Mm-hmm. Then if, if he keeps trying, and I know this is going to, sir, I mean, if you ever hear this, I mean, no disrespect. You have a phenomenal athletic ability. Absolutely. But the truth is, is that I'm not a bait. I'm not a quarterback. I can see the overthrows and the underthrows. I don't want you to wear out your legend because you are that guy who brought a Super Bowl home to the city. Don't piss on the legend by trying to stretch it too long, you know. Granted, I don't think you're with your hot wife. I don't think you're gonna be flashing dick pics to be anybody anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, we're not gonna see. Or you're any gonna of have that. the gambling problems of Michael Jordan. He's just, a weird guy, though. Yeah, just Drew Brees is a weird alien, non-human thing. That I, I just, I honestly, I refuse to believe he's a is human it, being. Is it the tricycles? I, you know, I don't know what it is. He's just a weird guy. Like when he, because. You know what? All right, there's that episode of uh, Parks and Recreation where there's the um, he's like a senator or something like that, and when he's in front of the the cameras or debates, and he's speaking like perfectly well, and he's like, "I'm going to do this, this, and this," and then when he gets off camera, he goes and sits in the in his office and is just like a robot and just sits there and does nothing. I think that's what Joe Breeze is when he's talking. He's giving interviews about the game and stuff like that. He's like, oh, you know, this is what we need to do. Da, da, da. And then you listen to Drew Brees talk about like personal stuff, and you're just like, I don't think you know how people work. Oh, I'm sorry. You said he and Parks and Recreation. I was like, uh, is Drew Brees on Parks and Recreation? No, 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 he's no, not. No, no. Okay. He reminded me of a character from gotcha. uh, like one just, episode. You could just see Drew picking up, hello, child number one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all number two. That's, yeah, I just, I mean, I love him. I think, he, like you said, I think he's a great guy. I think he's, he's absolutely a tremendous athlete. Uh, he's a great uh, philanthropist and entrepreneur. He's got a great business sense. Uh, he knows how to make people like him. And I like him. I think he's a good guy. I think he's a little weird. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's not to say, like, here, I'm not weird, but he's grew, a different dude, kind he, of weird. He grew up in Austin. He's yeah. just important. His weird and our weird. <laughs> Keeping Drew Brees weird. Right? But uh, let's go ahead and go yeah. around the horn on the pros real quick. I'll give you a rundown. Seahawks only put up 13 to the Panthers' 9. That was Oof. an unnecessarily tight game, and it looks like that's echoing more of the tumble that the former Super Bowl champs are taking. That's normal, though. I can't think of, except for the big dynasties, most of the teams, uh, I think it's, what, like 60% of them, the teams that win the Super Bowl fail to make the the playoffs next year? Yeah, no one ever, uh, I mean, there's never been a repeat, right? No, there's been repeats. Well, but but not like... There's epidemics. Every time you have a team where people start winning Super Bowls, Especially like the superstar guys, they're like, "Fuck this! Yeah. I got enough talent. Let's get some money. I'm getting the fuck out of this town," which is a shame because like you really think at the end of the day, it's about the love of the game, right? But, like at the end of the day, it really is about. Money. Oh yeah, it's a business. I mean, and I, yeah, it's their job. You but know, uh, I mean, I want to get raises at my job, but. Also, just to uh, throw it back, that victory by the Saints puts them at three and four, which is second place in the uh, NFC South. Interestingly enough, they are behind Carolina, who's first. Who we were rapping on the effect of uh, ties mm-hmm. in league standings. Yeah, Carolina is actually in first because they're three, four, and one. Ah. Oh, apparently our producer's telling us that eight teams won back-to-back Super Bowls, which I can think of a handful. That's, I'm sure it was, there's a um, Dallas in there and a Pittsburgh in there. Steelers Let's go. did it twice. Of those eight, Steelers did it twice. Okay. Oh, wow. So half. It was a lot no, of like yeah. early ones, the most recent one being uh, Patriots. Oh, wow. Yeah. Super Bowl 38 and Super Bowl 39. Oh, uh, let's see what else we got here. Wow. Speaking of the Pats, the Pats went uh, yeah. were at home and they rang up fifty one to the Bears twenty three. Yeah, I caught uh, a good bit of that game. Uh, it was it was interesting. As somebody who has no dog in that fight, it was fun to watch. Yeah, uh, the the Pats are actually a second. You know, I have like second sons all over. Yeah. I have these other teams that I'll root for. I actually like Tom Brady because I think he's the Uber Mensch. I think, he, yeah, he's just a, he's like a side, side note when you were 14, right? Mm-hmm. 
what did you want to do all day? Because I'll tell you what I want to do. I wanted to bang a supermodel and then win a Super <laughs> all Bowl day? and then bang another supermodel and win another Super Bowl. And that's pretty much what Tom Brady's done for like 10 years now. And I think the last one he decided to get her pregnant because he wanted to keep her around. But uh, my goals were low. I just wanted to go to a corn concert. I think. Really? <laughs> but by that and logic, 14, I didn't have a lot of aspirations. But by that logic, Matt, does he own a like a, a sports car and hang out with the Ninja Turtles? Because if so, that was also my dream. I my mean, dream was also the, like, can I? Get, uh, how is there any way I can get out of high school faster? Yeah, right. Well, <laughs> like, is there anything it. the man can't do? Because let's be honest. He's got one of those ass dimples for a chin, and yeah. chicks still want to bang him. And he's a model. So we have quarterback slash ultimate athlete, multiple Super Bowl winner, uh, model banger, and model himself. And I think when he's bored, he has kids. So I'm like pretty her. sure he has everything. Let's hope he gets another ring in there just because it'll mean he's better quarterback than Peyton Manning. That Which being ring? Said. Marriage ring? Oh, no, no. <laughs> You don't take down a winner like that. You gotta earn that. And I don't care if she's fucking Giselle Bunchen and she's a Victoria's Secret model and she's from Brazil. She's gotta put in her time and work. You know? Like, uh... You just can't stroll up to the Like Uber the man. rest of us classy ladies. Right? <laughs> Fuck yeah! Like... I, fuck, he's the Ubermensch. Like, he is everything that fucking, uh... Oh, God. Nietzsche wrote about in... <laughs> I, I, you know, just the, if the if the zombie apocalypse happens and I yeah. can get to that dude's house, he's probably winning something. But let me go ahead and. Uh, uh, by the way, Ubermensch is uh, routinely every single time I play uh, Cards Against Humanity and that card comes up, someone always goes, "I don't know what this card means that I just drew." <laughs> yeah, something people people are very uncomfortable with Overman, but yeah. I it, it's it's from like a Superman, some, super like of uh, like a. Uh, Superhuman abilities, but transcending a traditional human. I mean, you and I know because abilities. we probably picked apart philosophy, but it, it's, it comes Google back things. to German linguistics <laughs> that are terrible. Like uh, they they can't ever produce a good word. Like they like the word for glove is handshoe, which is just <laughs> a handshoe. Yeah, right. <laughs> I can and, hear it in the yeah. right, and you're just like, really, motherfucker? And I mean, y'all always took over the world. I mean, it is <laughs> philosophy of Google. There should be a book. There's a philosophy of like Zelda. There's a philosophy of uh, like other nerdy things. There should be a philosophy of Google. All right, let me go ahead and round the horn real quick. Yeah. Uh, two things to note: lines and cards have records that are absolutely ridiculous. The cards beat the Eagles twenty four twenty, which puts them at six and one. Which I have not expected them to do. But let's be honest: birds on birds. They are pulling. Yeah, bird on bird <laughs> violence right there. They are pulling a lot of LSU <coughs> defensive backs, so I kind of expect that defense to be phenomenal. Speaking of birds that failed, the Falcons <laughs> yes. went to London to get their ass beat by the Detroit <laughs> yes. Lions. In by the, one point. By one point with botched field goals along the way. God, that, feel, that, what that ending was crazy. I'll let you continue, but that what, ending is... Ugh. It has to be what's known as the Failed Cities Bowl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I do love that our arch enemies went halfway around the world to have to lose to Matt Stafford. And who did the exact same thing to us last week, uh, the Saints. One point, you know, trailing, came back at the end, one by one point, the exact same way they beat the Falcons. That last field goal situation was so funny with the penalty setting them back another five yards or the delay of game penalty taking them back five yards and uh, I love that he shanks it has to go further five yards and then actually makes it I was like that's kind of impressive uh, on the Lions kicker there like he's sh I mean sure it sucks he sh shanked it at a uh, at a, uh, a, a, a lesser uh, distance but at a longer distance Nails it right down the middle, like it was nothing. Because you just need that second. But I mean, that's that's freaking hilarious. If they hadn't snapped the ball, if they had snapped the ball half a second sooner, that would have been a missed field goal, and that would have been the end of it. Yeah, around the horn. Uh, other scores that we should note. It looks like Oakland is still 0-7. They lost to the Browns in the shit bowl, 23-13. Uh, as of right now, we were talking about ties being like half credit. Cincy is leaving the AFC North 4-2-1 for the record. One tie. 
and they're actually in front of Baltimore, <laughs> who's five and three. And speaking of ties, yeah, actually, we're coming in at what looks like halftime, and it is seventeen seventeen Washington and Dallas. I want to go ahead and riff on that for a hot second. Um, Cowboys and this Indians. game is a storied rivalry in the NFL because it's Cowboys and Indians. Oh <laughs> fuck! Cat's out of the bag on that one. You know, I uh, yeah. Let's go ahead and talk about it. I call it the battle of shitty owners, and I'll tell you why. You mean the battle of shitty canoe? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's go. Let's Wait. go. Let's go with that. Um, Actually, it looks like they're in the fourth quarter, buddy. Is it? Yeah. yeah. They're in the really? fourth quarter. Yeah. I'm sorry. I can't read right now. Yeah. So the reason I can't stand this matchup, you have two of the worst owners in NFL history. Let me go ahead and give you a quick bio bio on each. Jerry Jones. Bio was the right word. Yeah. Bio, bio, sure. <laughs> Jerry Jones, better known as Gerald, J-E-R-R-A-L, because he can't spell his own fucking name. Went to the University of Arkansas, despite being born in Los Angeles, California. He was a member of the 1964 National Championship team, which he played with with Jimmy Johnson, interestingly enough. And one of their coaches were Barry, was Barry Switzer. So, makes that whole Dallas situation look a lot yeah. more incestuous. By the way, I'm being told that we're down to two minutes left, so it looks like this game's actually yeah, going to be something you want to catch. Yeah, it could be. So uh, Jerry yeah, Jones. Get a TV in here that we can watch on mute. Oh, nights. totally. Jerry Jones's biggest issue, though, is that not only was he on these teams, he left that and became immediately executive vice president of his daddy's insurance company. Well, that's all fine and dandy that you're going to make your money that way, but then you decide to rape the earth and become an oil prospector. <laughs> So, not only have you pretty much fucked our environment single-handedly, Jerry Jones, and made your billions on that, you bought the Dallas Cowboys in 1989 when I was about four. That would make Jeff six and I think Will five. And, uh, you know... Math, you, math skills are on point tonight. I know, despite the drinking, <laughs> That was, right? like, really spot on. The oh. game sponsored by Math. <laughs> <laughs> well, the funny thing His is... His name is Matthew. Yeah, true. <laughs> and I actually go by Math by short to some people... The funny thing about Jerry Jones buying the team was you always hear when you listen to like King of the Hill, <laughs> all these prolific names yeah. like uh, Bart Starr, shit like that. The name of the school was Tom Landry Middle School. Tom Landry was the only coach the Cowboys actually ever had and had coached that entire period. And then when motherfucking Jerry Jones bought the team, he fired him and hired oh, Jimmy, nice. Jimmy Johnson, his old friend. Which did turn out well for them. They had that period where they had Super Bowls and Emmett Smith and Mike yeah. Harvin doing cocaine everybody off of the, hookers. Everybody had the starter jackets. Oh yeah, with Neon Dion and those Zubaz pants. Like I, we can go back to that. But like, you know, that was one terrible side of the equation. The other terrible side of the equation, though, is Dan Snyder, the owner of the motherfucking Washington Redskins, is a character. Let me give you like a little five minute treatment of it. First off. This special child was raised and educated for a significant amount of time in England, where he was a British schoolboy. <laughs> After that, he came back here and he was floundering around. I believe he's a college dropout. He is a billionaire and he's totally one percenter. He is the pioneer of outsourcing telemarketing to other countries. <laughs> so when you call Dell or Apple or whomever, I'm not making a disclaimer here, but I'm saying when you pick up the phone and you want to fix your fucking computer and you get a guy whose name is Robert and he's in New Delhi, you can thank Dan motherfucking Snyder. So he made all his money outsourcing telecommunications and doing shit like that. So Dan Snyder made all his money outsourcing telecommunications and doing that. He actually became the youngest CEO on the New York Stock Exchange at 32 years old. And instead of aging gracefully and enjoying his money, he decided to be a prick. And let me tell you how. First, he bought the team on a loan. He got, not only did he get a loan, he got a loan not from an American bank, but from the French bank, Societe Generale, in the tune of $340 million to buy the team. And he leveraged $155 million on the stadium. So he took the people's money immediately and then decided, oh, fuck it. Let's make them on the hook. Since he's bought them in 16 seasons, they've gone through eight coaches. 
They have a record at the end of 2013 of 105 to 144. He makes ridiculously intrusive purchases for the team. And basically, he fucks it up left and right. If they're successful, it's because they're successful completely in spite of his existence. He actually got FedEx to pay him $207 million to name the field after him because, let's be honest, he was buying players that were just way too expensive. So that is pretty much what we have for the pros right now in our other category. So far tonight, uh, did you watch any of the World Series? I caught it. It... San Francisco is up three to two. I have no dog in the fight. Baseball is fun, but I, I know you like it a lot better than I do. I, I just have to be drinking to watch it. Yeah, I usually chill on cheer on the Phillies, but it takes a real team to lose ten thousand times over a course of a hundred years. So yeah, well, I mean the Phillies, they got John Crook, and he appeared in Aqua Teen Hunger Force. So yeah, that's the only baseball game I ever went to where I got cursed out by a guy in a tank top for not doing the wave. At the bottom of the ninth, tie game versus the Reds, and some assholes be like, "Motherfucker, it's a it's a family event. You're not doing the wave." I'm like, "Are you serious? Really?" Well, uh, yeah. I mean, San Francisco's up three two. I think they uh, were. I know they, if they didn't win it last year, they were prominently featured. But let's be honest, this is the South. None of us really give a fuck about baseball. Mm. And What's the LSU? Right, and with it being completely the Giants versus the Royals, you know, maybe it'd be cool if the Royals won because I don't know if San Francisco has much else going on about it. Uh, let's see. Other than that, real quick question. By the way, we are in overtime on the Cowboys-Washington game now. No shit. Yeah. All right, I have to ask you. Great New Orleans question. Bra or bra? I think... I have a theory on me, it. I just want your answers okay, first. Uh, New Orleans proper, bra. Kenner, Metairie, bra. Okay, you? Uh, uh, thick yad parents, it's bra. I can, I can still hear my stepdad yelling at me like, Wait, yeah, look, my bra's coming over. Get, get your Boy, shit. That, that was, was kind bra. of a slur, but it was almost kind of a bra. blur between the bra. two. Yeah, interesting. It's high pitch you on that that turns yeah. into hey, bra. Okay, so my theory is this: it is bra if you're from the East Bank. It is bra if you were from the West Bank or had spent a night in Orleans Parish Prison. <laughs> okay, you know I'll give you West Bank is probably more bra than yeah. bra. Uh, I would, I think without a doubt, I think we can all agree that uh, Kenner and Metairie bra. Definitely bra. I grew I think, up like yeah. that way. It's bra. Yeah. It's bra. West Bank and coming up, if you come up the industrial canal, mm. with the exception of like, you snagged the rest of the ninth ward. It's bra. Yeah. Because like, yeah. like growing up in Chalmette, it was bra. It's New See, Orleans East, bra. You, yeah. Okay. I'll give yeah. it to you. You want to equate your people in the East to uh, the West Bank? We can do that. I... It's phonetics, baby. As blasphemous I mean, as it sounds. It's I mean, there's New Orleans proper on the West Bank, Algiers, you know. That's, All right. That's for real New Orleans. Orleans Parish. Yeah. Well, I guess let's go ahead and bring it back to other happenings. We've covered the sports. So yeah. uh, I'll go ahead and step up and say we got Voodoo coming up this upcoming weekend. Yeah. With uh, Halloween in tow. I don't know if either of you gentlemen are going. I have my three-day pass. I'll be out there with a group of people. But uh, give you quick previews on what you should check out. Friday, you have Sturgill Simpson. That is the guy. He is an old school country music artist who's getting popular again. He is uh, been blown up on the Joe Rogan podcast. And creepy as that podcast may be, they have launched his career up to, I think he hit number seven from Unknown on the country music billboard charts. Uh, I want to see Bleachers, who did really well uh, at Austin City Limits. They're from Lake Charles. I was going to say, I've heard of the name before. It's it's cool I don't know if rock I've heard band. Them. Yeah. Uh, we also have on Friday Action Bronson, which I don't know how I feel about basically the white Rick Ross, and I don't mean Freeway Ricky Ross. I mean the fat black guy rapper. Uh, he is signed to Vice's record label. And he was supposed to play here. Around Vice has a record label. They do indeed. That already he is on. He is out. on there, and I wanted to see him, but he canceled that Mardi Gras. He'll be out out there uh, later that night. We have Slayer. 
Zed yes. and Outcast. Zed is in that um, trio of bands playing that uh, I said sound like remix car right. alarms. I don't know what to expect from his Slayer outfit, uh, Slayer I, concert. See, I, that's one of the. I, I'm. I don't have tickets right now. I've been toying with it. Single day passes are kind of pricey after all the fees. If I if somebody is selling a ticket and I can get it, you know, a little cheaper or even just like face value without all the stupid fees, that'd be awesome. Uh, but um, I, yeah, I want to go because I've I've always really liked Slayer. It's I've I went through a big metal phase in high school and post high school. Um, kind of strayed for a while. I'm sorry, but <laughs> but uh, I'm big. You know, I'm a huge Slayer fan, and uh, but uh, getting back to the uh, not being your uh, typical alpha male, uh, never wanted to go to an actual Slayer concert because I don't think I would survive. Like I think it would just get the shit knocked out of me. So I feel like a festival situation would be good because I can like kind of hang back, watch, and it's not going to be all core. Slayer fans, there's going to be a mix of people there, and still be able to enjoy it, and watch it, and then run over and go catch out Outcast at like whatever other stage they're on. So you never went to any of the uh, concerts over at uh, Cyprus? Not Cyprus. Come on, the oh, Hangar. The oh, when they oh. used to have metal like no, I didn't. Bar, <laughs> I went to an MC Chris God. show at the Hangar. That's the only one I've been to. No, but I used to go to like Down uh, shows a lot. Uh, I saw oh. Down a lot. Uh, <laughs> I saw my though I went to it was at Tipitina's I saw downplay and this was after um, this was after Phil and Selmo like had like finished up all of his um, uh, soberingness and uh, we uh, yeah and he's like he was so, supposedly sober and he grabs a bottle of red wine and he hangs over the microphone and starts he chugs a bottle of red wine and he leans forward and he's like. I'm fucking back. And then everybody just went ape shit and there was this crazy show. It was a lot of fun. It was hot as hell, but it was a lot of fun. Yay, substance abuse. Well, we're turning yeah. back to Saturday <laughs> at Voodoo. We've got Local Boy Made Good, Brother Martin Graduate, Casey O'Rourke, yeah. and uh, Flo Tribe on Saturday morning or Saturday early. I'm going to check out P. Lander Z and Givers from Lafayette. City and Color is coming back. Uh, big names that evening are going to include 30 Seconds to Mars. In case uh, Jared Leto wants <laughs> to come and try and sleaze on you. If you work at the Chimed, watch out. Every time he's been in the varsity, he's fucked a chick in the ass. And I'll go ahead and say that on record. <laughs> it's a well-known story. Just don't. I don't care how famous Not he is. Not where I thought you were going with that. Don't bang. Don't let a dude bang you in the ass at a restaurant. That being said, Thanks, ben, <laughs> ben Booker and Arctic Monkeys closed out that night. Ben Booker is that local uh, bluesy rock guitar, or not local, that bluesy rock guitarist who kind of has a big uh, following. He was blown up on NPR Fresh Air with Terry Crews. Yeah. And then finally Sunday, we got Quintron and Miss Pussycat, AWOL Nation, Fuel. Like, wow. head of branding. Hemorrhage in my hands. Yeah, new yeah. shit, right? They're coming yeah. out of nowhere, like and that. Manchester Orchestra is playing, which I look forward to seeing. I've seen them once before. Yeah. Um, you were saying something about Hell Yes Fest? Okay, yeah. Um, coming up on November 12th through 16th. If you're interested in local comedy, Hell Yes Fest is coming up on November 12th through 16th. Um, you can get uh, snag passes kind of early. Um, they got them for... About $85 right now on HellYesFest.com. Uh, Hell what it is is if you're into uh, stand-up, improv, or sketch comedy, they got a bunch of great local talent and stuff coming. Uh, they got folks coming in from L.A., from Austin, and it's all kind of put on with the new movement theater, place where Jacob and I are taking improv classes. Jeff's about to start up. Yep. Um, I've been working with these guys lately, and... Um, it's interesting, the festival's all going to be held primarily on uh, St. Claude, just to yeah. kind of like promote that little area. Yeah, and they, they just open up their new location on St. Claude, right? Yeah, it's right there. Uh, it's 2706 St. Claude is where the new movement theater is. They'll have a few shows there. You'll see me there every night working the door. But they're also going to be at like Cafe Istanbul, Hi-Ho Lounge, um, Always Lounge, Siberia. Shadowbox, Siberia. But they this year, they're doing... Uh, 
like sketch uh, films as well. Oh, okay. At Indiewood, which is really great. Indiewood's a great venue. Yeah, I know the owners over there. It's a brother sister yeah. combo, and okay. they they do some great stuff. I like it. Uh, like uh, Thursday, uh, Massa Frauds doing their karate fight. Uh, all Halloween themed sketches. Uh, good stand up comedy lineup. There's a costume contest, I believe, as well. Uh, I'm gonna be there. I might be in costume. I don't know. But it's like five bucks, and it's BYOB. So bring a six yeah. pack of beer and five dollars, and you get to see some great comedy and and, and sketches. But uh, what's good about a Hell Yes Fest? You'll be able to see um, one of the local um, sketch comedy groups, uh, Stupid Time Machine, and Rude will oh, be yeah. there. They just got off a tour. They're on tour right now on the uh, on the East Coast. They uh, Stupid Time Machine just came back uh, last a couple of weeks ago from Seattle Sketch Fest. They hosted it actually, which was really interesting. And then, uh, yeah, they also got, they're going to have uh, North Coast, which is an improv group that does hip-hop improv, and they also got Liquid Feet as a dance improv. So if you're into, like, some kind of, like, unusual stuff, the, that's definitely the thing to hit up. <laughs> that being said, I'm going to bring it back to Brew News. Two mm-hmm. real things. So, one, yeah. Courtyard opened this past week. Courtyard Brewery. Yeah. Scott Wood and Lindsay, um... I can't remember Lindsay's last name. Forgive me. I don't know. He's like a local boy, right? He went up to Colorado or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was California. Uh, uh, he's uh, out in San Diego is where he's living. And it's an interesting prospect and good for them for exploiting the new loophole that I believe Kirk Coco curved and uh, uh, carved yeah, into the I think it was area. them and Tin Roof had uh, a lot to do with the getting the direct-to-sale to consumers. But really? Way, yeah. I, I think Tim Roof. I think. I could be wrong. I mean, I, I went to like Tim Roof law school with that dude, yeah. but I mean, like, I'll be honest, Tim Roof does not exactly strike me as memorable beer. No, Courtyard. but I mean, they, but I mean, they're the only Baton Rouge brewery, just like Noel's the only New Orleans brewery, so. Well, let's not make primacy a reason to choose breweries. That being said, Courtyard is open. We suggest you take a look yeah, at right it. Right across I, from Bell Brew. I am a little. Basically upset they're not offering their uh, own offerings. Oh, they just did the other day. They had two of theirs on their baby IPA and something else was on tap uh, on okay. like uh, Friday, I think. So Nola.com said they weren't going to roll out their own They did, and then two days later, uh, just all the beer people I follow on Twitter were like, oh, hey, Courtyard has a couple of their beers on tap right now. Okay, good. Because yeah. I, I was going to say, that's a terrible They went pretty fast, strategy. but it's, yeah. It's a terrible rollout strategy. Well, the problem like was, was that because of the uh, legal issues, they couldn't actually start brewing their beer until they got fully licensed. And so it hasn't been long enough for that beer to mature and be good. I'm, from what I understand, the way I'm interpreting it, what they put on tap the other day was stuff was like their first batch of stuff, and they're like, ah, eh, it's on the cusp of being ready. I don't know for certain, but I heard it was delicious. I heard it was really good. So I hopefully within the next couple of weeks they'll have their stuff on more regularly. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about what has fueled this podcast. So far on this podcast, we have cleaned off three beers. We are looking yep. at the Christian Morlin Emancipator. That is a Doppelbach made in Ohio, of all places, with a 6.5% alcohol by volume. What'd you think? I liked it a lot. Uh, I think uh, on Untapped, I think I shot it a three and a half to four bottle caps. I don't remember which one I did, but it was somewhere around there. Uh, it's a, Yeah, I liked it a lot. It was... Uh, I feel like it had like a little sweetness to it. Uh, I liked it. Usually, double box are either uh, super boring to me or they're super impressive like that. And this was on the the better, the more positive side. I don't want to reduce it to a ten scale, but I agree with you. I tend to favor lagers. Ales sit very heavy on me. So box, uh, double box, all that good German style mm-hmm. stuff. I like it when it's hearty and the grain bill is full. Yeah. We switch from that to a uh, the Dominion Oak Barrel Stout. That was that, very delicious. Oh, yeah. That I is a stout that has got everything aged on oak chips. And honestly, it uses a lot of peated malt, which gives it that smoky mm-hmm. flavor. It only came in at 6.1 ABV. Yeah. But it was another solid one. And then finally, we rolled it up with Fuller's 1845. Mm-hmm. Fuller's 1845. Most people know Fuller's in America because they're known for their ESB, their English mm. Strong Bitter. What they uh, the 1845 is a strong ale. I believe it clocks in somewhere around 6.5, and it's been aged a little bit. 
Uh, it is their one of their best ales they make. Uh, not a lot of people confuse these two guys, but Michael Jackson yeah. is a prominent undead uh, yes. beer and scotch aficionado who is known throughout the world. Yeah. He included the 1845 in the list of top 500 beers that you need to have before you die. Which really, I'm not I'm like... Not- that is not Michael Jackson thriller. Yes. No. Definitely not. However, also dead. <laughs> yeah. Actually, what's really creepy is they die in the same year. But that being said, I think my cards are dealt in the evening. You gentlemen got I've anything? been enjoying my green tea. Uh, yeah, I, he's the sober I, one. I, uh, you know, you know, did simple syrup with some ginger and some uh, limes. Wait, that's green. I've been pouring my Yeah, that, it's no longer back. green tea. Okay. That is all your I was like, oh, beer. shit. Because uh, I've been rinsing out my beer glass when we were changing beers, <laughs> and I just realized I've been pouring them into Will's glass. Yeah. My bad. From going to art school, I know if I didn't touch it last, I don't know what's in it. I'm not going to drink it. <laughs> Wow. Well, we went there. <laughs> uh, that being said, uh, since the gentleman himself is not here to give us a send out, I'll go ahead and take care of it. From Big Silly Gentilly, this is my boy Jeff. Good night. Man, I'm terrible at these. And my boy Will. Have a good night. And this is Matt. Five yard penalty, delay a game. See you next week. I don't